Everybody and welcome to Bulls on Tap episode three. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude Bull Scripted, aka Keith Franz. We are here today on Independence Day, July fourth, and we just thought, hey, we're gonna crack a couple. We already cracked them because we're functioning alkies before this started, and uh, we're gonna talk some Bulls summer league basketball and some off-season acquisitions. Keith, how are you doing today, my friend? Feeling pretty free, uh, pretty lubricated. <laughs> and uh, those are two good feelings. And uh, so is the feeling about this uh, Bulls offseason. I thought they did fairly well. Thad Young is an upgrade over Taj Gibson, who we had both mentioned that we liked. Uh, obviously, we expected them to focus more point guard than big man depth. But I think Thad Young is probably one of the best mid-tier signings that they could have made. We don't know what kind of guarantee he has on his third year, but Casey Johnson noted that uh, both Sadoransky and Thad Young have some kind of partial guarantee on their third year. So we'll figure that out on the sixth once everything kind of becomes efficient. Right. I uh, The Thad Young signing, when it happened, he was a guy that wasn't really on my radar too much, but it, it made a lot of sense. Moving into that, you know, that positionless kind of thing where he could play the three, he could play the four, you know, it just it, it works really good. And then the the Tomas Sadoransky signing, I didn't see that coming at all. And it wasn't even signed; it was a trade. I didn't see that happening at all. Um, but everything that I've read about the guy, I've watched him play quite a few times there in Washington. He uh, had a couple triple dubs, I believe, and he he filled in a lot for John Wall when John Wall was out, and he did an all right job. He was serviceable. He was able to get his teammates going, and a really important thing about him, Keith, is that he shot about forty percent and about you know two uh, three pointers attempted per game last year, or three pointers attempted per game last year. He shot about forty percent from three, so I'll take that all day. He's gonna get uh you know he's gonna get a little bit more. Probably opportunities here in Chicago. Um, I know Wall was down a lot, but I think that he's going to get a lot more opportunities here, and uh, I, I'm glad bringing another guy who could play the one, two, and three. He's a six-seven guard. So these two pickups, maybe not as sexy as people wanted it to be, but I'm all right with it. And I think that these guys are going to come in and help really contribute to this team. You know, sometimes it's not always about what's sexy. It's it's about what's on the inside in their soul. And what they can bring to your team. And I think Jim Boylan's probably thrilled. The Bulls added, all jokes aside, a lot of depth because they're both extremely versatile players. You know, Sadoransky, as you mentioned, is six foot seven, so you can slot him anywhere from point guard through small forward. And Thad Young, uh, I expect to see him and Lowry in a lot of small ball lineups. I think that'll be really exciting, the spacing that you could get out of Thad Young, Lowry, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, Zach Levine is going to have driving lanes galore, and the Bulls should get a lot of really good looks. I'm pretty excited about Sadoransky for the fact that he has experience with Otto Porter Jr. as well, so he's not coming in blind without any chemistry, and he is more of a complimentary point guard. I'd like to see the volume of the three-pointers go up a little bit, but it's something that he's been working on throughout his career, and like you mentioned, he shot 40% from deep last year. Even if it was only two attempts a game, that's still 40 percent 
Right. I'll take that all day long. You know, um, we'll see how he fits in with his offense. He's going to have another, you know, uh, a ball dominant guard in the offense with him, much like he had with Bradley Beal in Washington. Zach Levine is very ball dominant and he can create for others. Um, so I'm very excited to see how he fits in here and how everything goes with this. Um, with the Tomas Sadoransky trade, re-signing Archie Diakono and having Kobe White on this team, we got to talk about it. We talked about it a little bit in episode two. We have to speak on this. Chris Dunn, uh, where do you see him falling, and do you think that he opens up training camp with the Chicago Bulls? I don't think he does, but I think he should. If you're letting somebody like Ryan Archie Diacono dictate what you're doing with another point guard on your roster, I think you're making a mistake. I think Chris Dunn and Kobe White can coexist. Uh, Kobe White is, you know, he considers himself a point guard, but his playmaking skills are something that still has to develop. So him and Chris Dunn in the same lineup, maybe that's, the, you know, just situationally, or maybe they're, the backup guards behind Sadoransky and Levine. And they spend a lot of time together, but I think they could be a very competent duo. I don't think you should give up on Chris Dunn, especially if the perceived trade value is a second-round pick that does nothing for you this year and might not do anything for you in the future. At least use Chris Dunn on his $5.3 million contract for what it is, a budget contract of a solid player. Keep the depth. I'm going to be honest with you here, man, about the whole Chris Dunn thing. Um, how you said in the beginning of this that you shouldn't let Ryan Archie Diacono dictate what you're going to do with Chris Dunn, right? Now, if Ryan Archie Diacono was the second coming of Kirk Heinrich, then I would say, okay, maybe. You know, maybe we can move on from Chris Dunn because we got, you know, another captain coming through. But that's not what this is. And, you know, I love to kid. I love to throw in my Kirk Heinrich stuff in there just to get you a little fired up. Uh, just don't hit me. But I don't want to move on from Chris Dunn either, man, because I saw a lot of good things out of Chris Dunn. And I know that sounds stupid, but I, I really did. I mean, he, in his first year w w with the Bulls, he played in 52 games, right? He shot, you know, 42% from the field, about 43%. Well, not that great. You know, not that great. But he averaged 13.5 13, 13 points a game and six assists, you know, and um, two, steals. two steals. I mean, he's defensively, we know he's good. And then he took a little bit of a backseat. He battled some injury. And then, you know, last year, in, appearing in 46 games, you know, we, we, it just uh, – him and Zach didn't seem to mesh that well together, but he did keep his assists up to six a game. Uh, I just don't – I don't want to move on from him because I really do think that could be the answer to the second unit. I, 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 I could be wrong, though, because, you know, our second unit at this time currently doesn't have a lot of shooters in it. And well, Kobe White's a shooter. Right, but, I mean, Kobe White might be in the starting lineup, too. Oh, Sadoransky's a shooter. We already established he's a 40% shooter, so if he's in the backup lineup with Dunn, I think that – plays very well too oh, yeah, like, I, you can, yeah. don't see, I don't see a lot of places where you can't fit Chris Dunn because he's a versatile player too he could be considered a combo guard because of his size right well like I said you know it, it's hard for me to to want to pull the trigger on him and second round picks in the NBA are just that they're jokes I mean sometimes you hit sometimes you don't all right like you know sometimes it doesn't happen I have faith in Daniel Gafford because he was a lottery pick at some time and I'm still baffled I've done a lot of research I, I don't understand why he fell so far but I just – Chris Dunn was a top five pick not long ago. I just don't 
I don't think you should give up on him when you're still trying to see what you have. And that's that's my opinion on it. Uh, that's where I stand, too. You rarely find a Daniel Gafford in the second round. You're usually just taking a shot in the dark on somebody that might end up getting a two-way contract instead of a legitimate roster spot on your team. So I don't see the value in trading Chris Dunn for that. I think you might be able to get more value for Chris Dunn if you put him in a position to succeed. So you're like Kobe. saying like maybe like in the middle of the year or something, you know, by the trade well, yeah, deadline? Move, move him to a playoff team. Show his value. Right. Uh, you know, get rid of this negative stereo uh, perception around him and, you know, increase his value. Because right now, it, it just doesn't make sense to trade him for a second-round pick. That would piss me off. Especially if the justification is, oh, well, we got Ryan Archidiakono. <laughs> 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 I'd lose it. I just, oh. Uh, I know, man. I know. I know. It's it, it's a weird it's a weird situation, you know. With Archie Diakono being a third guard, who's probably not going to get much playing time in in general. I just I'm not ready to give up on Dunn, and I'm not gonna lie. There's a little bias there. I like Chris Dunn, you know. I he he showed me a lot of decent things while he was here. I just you know it maybe maybe it's not the right marriage. Maybe a change of scenery will help him out. But at 25 years old, you know, and not a lot of miles on him, Keith. I I just I, give him the shot. It's not like you got to pay him, you know what I mean? And if it doesn't work out, you're still going to get a second round pick in uh, you know, in the middle of the season t- towards the trade deadline. No, his value cannot get any lower than Right, that. that's what exa- exactly what I mean. So, I I don't understand like I would play him up, see what he could still do and, you know, and go from there. But before, you know, we get into summer league stuff and everything will move away from this Chris Dunn stuff. I want to know how you think Thaddeus Young is going to fit into this, uh, into the fold here. We've already kind of touched on Tomas Sadoransky and what he brings to the table. You know, again, another little bit of a small sample size uh, from him as well, but we know what he's going to bring. He's a tall guard who can play three positions, who can shoot pretty well. He's got sneaky athleticism behind him. He he does a lot of right things. Um, with Thaddeus Young, he's a proven vet. People have said he's been a great teammate, like one of the best teammates in the NBA. Thaddeus Young's name is up there. What do you think that he brings to this team? And obviously he's going to be a bench piece. I mean, you know, but what do you think he brings to the young bigs that are developing on this squad? Well, I just think he brings the epitome of veteranship and he can still play. So he's a backup, but he he's a starter quality player that you're going to have coming off your bench. And he kept the Pacers afloat last year when Oladipo went down. Him and uh, Bogdanovich were, you know, the driving force between the Pacers really not faltering much at all and still going into the playoffs with, you know, a pretty good team. So I'm really excited about Thaddeus Young. Uh, As I touched on previously, I think you're going to see a lot of Lowry and Thad. He is the perfect stretch four, extremely athletic, versatile. Um, he does everything. He's just a great teammate, and he's a winning basketball player. I'm I'm a lot more excited about signing Thaddeus Young than I thought that I would be. Yeah, I agree with that, too, and uh, you're probably going to be called a Garpax lover for that now, just, yeah. you know, just so you know. It's been going on for more than a year, so it's nothing new. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, to me, I like signings that make sense, and when we decided that to pick a lane, or when we, when, you know when, you know what I mean, the Bulls front office, when they decided to pick a lane and not bring veterans that are over the hill that don't fit your head coach's offense to actually stick with the rebuild and try to do it right, 
this pick makes a bunch of sense to me. I like it. Thad Young is decent defensively. He's 31 years old. He had a decent, you know, he had a pretty good year, like you said, in Indiana last year, and he's a well-liked teammate, and I think that he could show some tricks of the trade to some of our younger players. And plus him play, being able to play two positions, he could step and play three, he could play four. I'm excited to bring him aboard, see what he can do, and help this bench, you know, start succeeding because this this starting lineup has all the potential in the world, if you ask me. I I, I truly believe that. I mean, it's gonna take it. It's gonna take a period to gel, and to start, you know getting together but I think playoff appearance if they stay healthy just like we said in the debut episode of this if they stay healthy I think playoff appearance and I think that Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young help that I think that these guys are going to really come in and help make a, a big difference for this squad um, but yeah that's all I got on the free agent signings and stuff like that man unless you had anything else you wanted to touch on no I mean I'd wrap it up with despite that being 31 he's played 81 out of 82 games the last two seasons uh, Thomas Sadoransky only missed two games last year for the birth of his child. So they're very reliable players, which is something that we need coming into this season. Right. And speaking about staying healthy, Wendell Carter Jr. goes down with a, a muscle core injury, a core muscle injury. Um, are you worried about this at all? They're saying that he's going to be what ready by training camp. So... I'm a little upset because he's going to miss Summer League, and I know a lot of people don't think Summer League's beneficial. I do. I'm one of those guys that think, you know, it's always good to get your young players reps and stuff like that. But, um, you know, he's getting surgery. So are you worried about this? Do you think that he's going to have a rough time? Because I, to be honest with you, I'm a little worried about it. I'm, I'm hoping Wendell Carter Jr. is not one of those guys that can't stay healthy because that's just going to be a huge blow. As far as I am aware, it's just like a sports hernia. Okay. So uh, yeah, I, d- I didn't want to sound stupid, but I wanted to ask you what that was. <laughs> like I was, I wasn't sure what it was. Pretty much is I'm no doctor, but um, it's like a domino, like, isn't it? It's yeah, it's kind of like you tear like the lining, and then you get a lump, and then you're not supposed to like lift heavy or physically exert yourself too much. So um, he should be ready for training camp. Uh, if he's not, then I'll start worrying. Um, but you know, I. I'm I'm not gonna stress too much about it yet. He's 19. He should recover quickly, and hopefully he's ready for camp. And we have no further injuries to Wendell Carter Jr. for the rest of the year. Yeah, dude, I'm not gonna lie to you. I freaked out. I freaked out when I saw it. I blogged it immediately for on tab Sportsnet. Blogged it immediately. I was like, oh my god, man. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's over before it started. Like, and, you know, just overreacting. You know, 100% overreacting because I'm just so invested into this kid. I think that he's gonna be pretty good. So, like, anything that derails might or might derail that, like, freaks me out. But, yeah, I did a little bit more looking at it and stuff like that. Hopefully he'll be okay. And, again, the report, the initial report's coming out saying he's going to be ready by training camp. Make me feel a little bit better because he'll still get those reps with his team. It might not be in summer league, but he's, he'll still get those reps with the team. And that's what's important, you know. I'm very, very excited for, like I said, I keep saying that. I sound like a broken record, but the young talent we have on this team like Wendell Carter Jr. who missed some time with injury last year Chandler Hutchinson who missed some time with injury last year even (laughs) I know he's been around for a while but even Denzel we'll throw Denzel in there he missed all last year with injury I just want to see how all these guys mesh together and just to stay freaking healthy you know what I mean like because I feel like these guys can make a real big impact I'm just looking at the roster right now and I'm like I like it but um let's get in speaking of summer league let's get into that so the roster has a few familiar faces on it. Shaquille Harrison, 
is uh, there. Um, Chandler Hutchinson is there again. Walt Lemon Jr., who came on strong last year for the Chicago Bulls, had a couple cool flashy moments, is there. Kobe White and Daniel Gafford, the Chicago Bulls draft picks, are there. So we uh, we launch July 5th at 6.30 p.m., so you guys will be hearing this podcast tomorrow morning, which is July 5th. So um, today, tonight, I guess you could say, July 5th, 6.30 p.m., the Bulls launch against the Lakers at the Thomas & Mack Center. Keith, what are you looking for from uh, the Summer League guys? And obviously, I'm, I'm sure you're going to be looking at Hutch to be kind of one of the leaders on the team, along with probably Shaq Harrison as well. And then you want to see Kobe White and Daniel Gafford prove their worth. I really just want to see Kobe White play after Casey Johnson's report that he tweaked his ankle. Oh, yeah, right. right. I forgot to touch on that. I'm kind of kind of a little nervous about that, but I just want to see him play. Uh, I do expect Hutch to kind of step up as a leader on the team and hopefully uh, showcase some improved shooting from the offseason. That would be nice. Uh, Adam Makoka, I probably butchered the hell out of that. But he is who the Bulls signed on a two-way. He's also playing. I'm curious to kind of get a look at him. Uh, from what I've gathered, he's similar to a Shaq Harrison, Nawaba-type player, uh, more defense-oriented than offense. But I'm curious to see what he's got because I don't watch very much European basketball. Uh, a guy that I'm actually interested in seeing is Rodney Purvis from UConn. Um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing him because when he was playing in college, he, he, you know, he was a decent player. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing him, and maybe he can make some, you know, make some moves, hustle, and get a Windy City Bulls invite or something like that. Bulls uh, have a second two-way slot open. Right. So I mean, I'm looking at him. Kind of, he's a guard. He's six four. So I'm looking at him to, uh, you know, try to prove something. And you know, because like I said, I like I, I love watching college basketball. I remember him at UConn. He was a decent player. So I mean, for me, I'm looking. I really want to see Daniel Gafford play. Because I want people to realize that, you know, this kid was a lottery pick if he would have came out, you know, last year. He was a lottery pick for a reason. I want to see that. You know, I, I know he went in the second round this year. I know he fell pretty far. But I'm very excited to see what this kid can do. Oh, no, I'm ecstatic for Gafford. I think he could end up being... You know, a steal of this draft. Obviously, he's more of just an old school big, and those are, you know, kind of a dying breed and somewhat a dime a dozen to find one because they're all just laying around waiting for a contract. But I do think his athleticism and his motor are going to shine through, and I'm hoping that he proves that, say, Wendell Carter Jr. doesn't make it to camp. That you know, maybe this guy can step in and fill in part time. Right, like hold the fort down for a little bit. So. With this being said, I, I know there's not a bunch of stuff to break down right now besides what we're kind of excited about, what we're looking for, but I want to go around the league a little bit. I want to get your opinion on Patrick Beverly going back to the Clippers. I want to get your opinion on KD and Kyrie, uh, you know, with the whole Brooklyn thing. And I want to get your opinion on one that really made me want to throw up. And I don't know why it got me so bad, but it did. But Derek Rose going to Detroit, and then we'll talk Kawhi. So let's start with Pat Bev. I know you wanted Pat Bev. Are you upset that he didn't end up coming, or are you content as we move forward with the what the Bulls did? I'm all right with what the Bulls did. I think having drafted a point guard at seventh overall, your hope is that that point guard starts by the end of the season. I think Sadoransky is a good enough point guard to start, but also not quite good enough to be a solidified starter for the full season. So 
in that regard. I'm not too disappointed because I think Pat Beverly would have commanded being the starter the whole entire season. And that, you know, that might have gotten the way. And apparently the Bulls probably would have had to offer an even shinier penny than we anticipated because the Kings offered him three years, $50 million, and he took less money to go back to the Clippers. Right, right. I was upset about not landing Pat Bev um, just because, like, that whole, uh, dude, I'm a mush, man. I'm a, I'm a homer. Like, you know, that whole from Chicago thing always gets me, you know. And I, I think Pat Bev would have been a perfect fit for this team. Um, that does not mean that I don't want Sadoransky and I don't I'm not, I don't have any faith in him because I do. I was just, you know, Pat Bev would have been a cool signing just because he's a hometown guy and stuff like that. Um, now, I want to move to New York, too. So New York strikes out. They pull out. They don't even add or, you know, try to add KD. They, they pull out of that. They're not going to offer him a max because of his Achilles injury. Do you think the Knicks blew it with that? Oh, I think they blew it entirely. There is, you know, you traded Christoph Porzingis, who was the face of your franchise. Granted, he had an ACL injury, but... I don't believe Dallas is hesitating to offer him a max, so we must be looking all right. So you traded the face of your franchise to then sign Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, and Taj Gibson. You just loaded up big money on a bunch of power forwards, and you got rid of a power forward center in Kristaps Porzingis. So I feel that it's a complete mess. I do think they accumulated a good amount of role players that they might be able to dump at the deadline for some future assets. But... I it, that just has to be gut wrenching for Knicks fans. Right, right. I can't. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I don't agree with him a lot, to be honest with you. But uh, his reaction to everything is what really got me. You know, he he was just in in pure shock. And I th- that franchise runs so terribly. At least the Bulls have been competitive and made the playoffs. I think the Bulls have made the playoffs like what eleven out of the last fifteen seasons, something like that. You know that. The Knicks are terrible. They're absolutely terrible. And then I want to move on into this Kawhi talk real quick. So Kawhi Leonard, if you remember our bold predictions for when we started uh, doing this podcast, mine was that he remained in Toronto. The Lakers are being heavily rumored. What do you What do you make of all this? And uh, I know you said that if he went to the Lakers, you were done with him. Um. Yeah, well, I'll definitely be done if Kawhi goes to the Lakers and so will the rest of the league, assuming uh... – AD can stay healthy and LeBron doesn't have another injury. Uh, But even then, you know, we've seen Kawhi carry the Raptors. But I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers. I I think you might be correct in the fact that he's going to stay with the Raptors and break your heart because the Bulls won't have as easy of a path as they would if he went to, say, the Clippers, which I think would be the best of both worlds as a Bulls fan and just a fan of the NBA in general. But it's not looking like that's likely. Yeah, no, I'm really hoping the hell that he gets out of the Eastern Conference. I, I really am. I mean, I'd rather not have him join the Lakers and have that stupid-ass super team there, but i really like him to get him out of the Eastern Conference just so it makes that window for the Bulls a little bit easier. You know, a little bit easier to climb through, you know what I mean? But that's where I sit with that. <laughs> we want to ma- win a championship. We don't just want to make the championship. And with him and AD on the same team, if LeBron can stay you know, somewhat healthy at the end of his career here, I think that's just going to be too much to handle in a seven-game series. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, I think that would be just <laughs> – can you imagine that? Let's think about that for a minute. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, 
three of the top five players in the NBA. That's stupid. That's that would be stupid. That wouldn't even be fun. I don't know if I could even watch a Lakers game because I'd be so salty about it. No, yeah, and you'd have every solid veteran out there signing for minimums just to play with them so they could get a championship. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's not like they couldn't find that. Oh, my God, man. What would you even have? Would you just have LeBron play point forward? I mean, that's how LeBron does things. He has to have the ball. Right. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but who knows? As he gets older, he might have to, but... You know, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Is there anything else you want to touch on, Big Dog, before we wrap this uh, we wrap this guy up? No, nah, uh, nothing other than I'm extremely excited for the Summer League game tomorrow. I'm going to have to record it, which means I at least get to fast forward through all the stupid commercials. But I just hope Kobe White plays, and I hope he drops a 30-piece. We're so sporadic with these. If, uh, you know, for we've been, again, I'm very thankful. I said this at the end of episode two, but we're very thankful for all the listens and feedback we've been getting for this. Um, the listens have been through the roof, which is just great. Um, we might come back and do a, a summer league recap, re, you know, for the first game, uh, depending on how it goes. Um, you know, obviously you're going to have to watch it first after you get off the, get off the work there. So, um, but we'll figure that out. I, I'm hoping that, like I said, Daniel Gafford, Kobe White, and Hutch, I really want Hutch to take that step. I want him to be just dominant. That's what I'm looking for. So, um, yeah, man, we'll be back, I'm sure, within a couple days here because our schedule with recording this is just kind of like, hey, man, you feel like it? Be like, yeah, yeah, let's get it done, you know, and we just we just record, but now we got some games coming, man. We got some games coming, so it's going to be fun to to break these games down and dissect. I know it's just Summer League, but for Guys like you and I and a lot of Bulls Nation, This is uh, these are some important games here. I need my fix. <laughs> You've got a problem, man. you got a problem. It's been a problem for a long time. I don't think it's going away, and I don't think rehab will help either. I just I need my Bulls fix. There we go, man. Hell yeah. So be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Be sure you're following me on Twitter at BuzzOnTap. Be sure you're following Keith on Twitter at Bulls Scripted. And be sure, more importantly, most importantly, you're following Bulls on Tap on Twitter. That's at Bulls on Tap. You'll get the updates for when episodes drop. We are now on every platform from Apple Podcasts to Spotify to Radio Public to Google uh, to Google Podcasts or whatever it is. We're everywhere. So be sure you're checking us out, rating us, and uh, might have some giveaways in the future when the new uh, when the first game gets ready to start. So We'll, we'll keep you informed on that. But for episode three, I'm your boy Buzz, and I'm out. Keith. Take it easy. Since we already cracked them, simple. Simple.